0: an auto factory, a famous racetrack on the roof, shopping, a hotel, and a spectacular, some say, hidden gallery, a treasure chest, housing 25 masterpieces from Marella and Giovanni Agnelli's private collection. That is the Pinacoteca. Agnelli Marcella Palormo joins us today. She is director of the Pinacoteca Agnelli so Marcella, how did you become involved with the Pinacoteca beginning in two thousand two? What prepared you for this how did you how did you join the uh, the gallery the treasury?
1: um I was asked by Mr. Agnelli to work for him, so he got in touch with me. At the time, I was working at the GAM, the Modern Art Gallery of Torino, the Museum of the City, Uh, and uh, he asked me for an interview, and I went to this interview. It was very, you know, he asked me many, many questions about museums, about art history, about exhibitions. And then he hired me. Uh, he was completing the Lingotto transformation with Reis Piano, the architect, and he was looking for a director. At the time, I was in charge of uh, the organization of big exhibitions at the GAM. And before, I also worked for Palazzo Grassi in Venice. And that's where I met first Miss Ragnelli and also the, the FIAT, the FCA. At the time, it was FIAT. Uh, cultural organization, because Palazzo Grassi was owned by FIAT, and they organized big exhibitions. Uh, and there I was organizing some congresses and helping in the organization of some exhibitions. And uh, so I was able to meet Mr. Agnelli also in the 90s in Palazzo Grassi. So, um you know, for me, it was a really great opportunity because I was working in a big museum in the city. And when I arrived in Pinacoteca in 2002, I was able to see the building of the museum. So to build a new museum, to follow uh, all the, the building system. In I arrived in March 2002 and the museum opened in September 2002. So I was able to see the last phases of the building and also the hanging of the artworks and to talk with uh, such a great architect like Renzo Piano. And then to decide about how the museum would be together with Mr. Agnelli and his wife, Marella. And so it has been such a nice opportunity for me to work for them and to be able to work for them still today. So it's 18 years now. So now the museum is 18 years old.
0: <laughs> wow. It's, it's incredible. So looking back on the 18 years, what prepared you to be successful for that long period of time, Marcella? Um,
1: but, you know, I studied art history here in Torino. And then I also completed the studies in museology and museography in Florence. So museums were really, mm, I really liked museums since I was a child. I really liked to study the artworks and to know how artworks are made. So the technique, to to see what is an oil painting and what is a watercolor and what is a drawing. So I really was interested in Also manual activities, creative activities. So also as a child, I I was drawing all the time. I was painting. I took painting classes. So since I was a child, I was was really fond of those kind of things. And uh, so I think that passion is the first thing that can lead you. But also in organizing exhibitions, also you have to be really perseverant because when dealing with private collectors or museums, you know they have many requests for loans so it's quite a long work uh, work of PR of relations but also of being consistent and being really um, being focused to to build an exhibition and in the GAM in the previous spaces where I worked, I was able also to work for the press office, to work in other aspects of the museum. So when I arrived at Nacoteca, I really had different experiences, different backgrounds. And uh, I think that this was what also helped me a lot in working in the museum, because I... I saw many aspects of museums. I was really, I really liked my job. I really liked uh, what I did. And I also had many uh, relations with collectors, international museums. So that's, that's what I think, what helped me in uh, going to the Pinacoteca and being chosen by Mr. Agnelli. And uh, what what is also what I'm cultivating during all those years.
0: So trust, you had to build trust and relationships both with the Agnelli's and all of these other museums around the world.
1: Yes, trust is a right word because, you know, here in Pinacoteca we worked a lot with private collectors. We showed uh, private collections uh, in exhibitions that it it will be very dic- difficult to make again because private collectors usually want to keep their collection for themselves they are not so open to lend it many times to museums you know so for example we were able to show the Mieners collection of skulls and objects related to death so the demie now has his own museum in london, but i don't i'm not sure he will lend it to to many other museums you know and so for example, we were able to have uh, Pigozzi's collection of african art and then Johnny Pigozzi lent it to us in two thousand and seven and then he lent it again to the to the MoMA in two thousand and seventeen so um, I think it's really Collectors trust the Pinacoteca, and so we are able to show their artwork thank, thanks to to this trust.
0: Yes. So maybe we could step back just for a moment for our listeners. Um, can you tell us who the Anellis were? I mean, today, some people know Fiat, but it's been some years. So maybe you can give us a quick background on, on the Anellis, They're both their industry, which led to Lingato, and then their interest in art.
1: Mr. Agnelli was interested in art since he was a child. When he was a child, he, he went to museums and collections with his uh, grandfather, and he also told us, he, he told us many times that really going to museums changed his life in better. So when he was able to go to museums or galleries or seeing artists, he, he always went there. For example, when he was in New York, he, he went to visit some artists such as Larry Rivers, the pop artist, or other, ta- other artists he admired. And also I met Mr. Nielsen to this kind of, of behavior because when I worked at the gun, he rang at the bell. On Monday, when the museum was closed, and I had to, to open, I had to bring him to, to see an exhibition, ex- explain him about the exhibition, guide him. So uh, he was led by curiosity. He was led by passion for art, which he shared with his wife, Marella. And so art has always been uh, a mate uh, during his life. Art brought joy to Mr. and Mrs. Agnelli, and the joy of art is what leads Pinacoteca. So we want to share the joy of art together with our visitors, with children, but with adults also. And, uh, you know, Mr. Agnelli was in charge of Fiat. Fiat is a very huge company. Now it is called FCA. It's an international Company. Uh, so, Mr. Agnelli was really, of course, he was very much involved in his work. But when he was able to uh, to look at art, he did. So he, he he wanted to find a moment every week. He find a day or a moment during his day to visit uh, a museum or to look at art. And art was ang- in his houses, because he had many houses in the US, in Europe, in Paris, in in Reno. And in every house, uh, he had things, sculptures, he had objects related to art. Because really, he says it was one of the pleasures in life and uh, something which has to be cultivated, you know. So you visit museums also to educate your eye and to appreciate art. Much more.
0: So, so has that vision that created the Pinacoteca been realized from your conversations at the beginning through now, 2020, Marcello?
1: Yes, I think that we have been able to uh, to share our vision of bringing the joy of art and bringing. Special exhibitions of private collections, which are really beautiful, and we have been able to to share it with a big public. We have a huge audience we have about fifty five thousand visitors every year, which is you know we are a small museum, so uh you have to also think about our spaces, which are not so big so uh we can have about uh, 800 people a day, no more, no. So it's not a huge museum. So uh, you know, we we can grow more, but in this big moment where we are we are affected by virus, virus. I don't think that the growth in numbers is is the right answer for museums. Maybe in the future we have to grow also the thinking about quality, about other. Con- the contents, new contents, both digital and physical contents. Uh, But if I have to think, you you are asking about the past, so I can say that I'm satisfied. I think that we did a a job with our president, Ginevra Elkan, with the staff of the Pinacoteca, all the people who worked, collectors and artists, people who worked with us. Uh, But now... We have to go on and think about the future, no? maybe change something in the, the way we work.
0: Yes. So what are you most proud of? For the And then we'll talk about the future. What are you most proud of, Marcello? Uh,
1: I'm very proud of having brought the Pinacoteca to be uh, among the most important private museums in the world. Everybody comes to visit. Many foreign people come to be visit from abroad. Uh, it is uh, much known all over the world. And also, you know, we are involved in an international kind of relation with other museums. And everybody is telling us that our exhibitions are really top quality. And also, our catalogs. The catalog is very important because it, it is the thing that stays there even when the exhibition is closed. And also those catalogs are really beautiful. It's not me who have to tell, but people tell me that they are really such nice objects that you, you can look at them again and again. And so I think we have, uh, simply we have made culture. We have, uh, you know, built something that, is maybe immaterial not so material but which has helped many people to uh, be involved in beauty in art in creativity and to improve themselves through, through creativity and museums
0: excellent and then the other side of that what do you think is the biggest failure over the last 18 years? I always like to think about this because we learn from failures too, of course.
1: The failure, you know, uh, looking at the visitors that come in my museum, but, you know, it's also the other museums of the city, in Italy in general, the public of museums is more over fifty-five. So, if you look at the numbers now before coronavirus, <laughs> yeah. the numbers were uh, we have more than 50% of people uh, more than 60 years old. Yeah. We have also children, but you know, the most are elder people. And I think that museums, this is an opportunity, this moment to rethink about involving the younger audiences. So we really in the future have to improve this. So museums even if we work a lot with new contents but you know the competitor is the computer, the competitor is Instagram, the competitor is uh, you know the web. So younger audiences are more involved like that and we have to work on this. So maybe we, we have to study a different way of involving them through the, the media. Some museums are going on TikTok, for example. Right. Uh, maybe that should be an idea. You know, when I look at TikTok, I'm not able to look for more than 10 seconds because <laughs> it's so <laughs> fast. <laughs> my, my daughter is really fond of TikTok, but I really, you know, I cannot stand it, you know, for me it's, it's too much. But but maybe we have to do that to involve younger audiences, know, so the officiers went on TikTok, maybe we we have to to see what they do because maybe that is a, a way of involving younger audiences
0: <laughs> So along those lines, how has the Pinacoteca influenced Torino and vice versa?
1: uh you know maybe I I should talk more about the Lingotto area than the Pinacoteca because we have to remember that Pinacoteca is a museum designed by Renzo Piano which is inside the Lingotto the fiat factory uh the previous fiat factory and uh, um in the Lingotto area uh, is made also by different things, because there is uh, a commercial gallery, a cinema, two hotels, an auditorium, a fair center where you find the book fair and the taste fair. And there is also Italy, the, the food market. Yes. and so it's a, it's a really like a small city in the city. So I think that this small city is really, has really become a destination and has influenced the city of Torino because uh, people from Torino, but also tourists, have understood that they have to go to Lingotto. And because in Lingotto you can stay the whole day, you can have different things to do, and uh, you know, it's, a, it's an experience, different kind of experiences, because you can eat, you can listen to a concert, you can view an exhibition, you can uh, do many, many things. There's, there is also the University of Cars Engineering there and the dental school. So really, it's, uh, you know, so many things to do.
0: And also a famous racetrack.
1: Yeah, the racetrack is beautiful. The racetrack was built in the 1920s when the Lingotto was built. Uh, Lingotto was a factory which was built looking at the US factories, uh, Ford factory in in particular. And uh, so it was a vertical kind of building. So cars were built starting from the lower level and then they were tested on the upper level, on the Roof, there is a race track on the roof that is still existing, and that is very delicate. It's under restoration now, uh, and it's a beautiful place. You know, it's a beautiful because you can see the the city from above. The museum, our museum, is built on the rooftop, right. and so it's really um, a nice yeah. place. When when we had uh, an exhibition about. Um, about Ferrari, many years. Ago. It was, I think, 2008 or five. No, 2005, I think. And we had also old Ferraris uh, racing, running on on the racetrack. It was really a a great way of, uh, you know, of using the racetrack. So it would yes, be I, great yes, to I. to see something like that in the future, also because it's a uh, such a nice place.
0: <laughs> Agreed. I, I found the the mm-hmm. fusion of industry, art, architecture, and of course the Alps to be quite stunning uh, at your location. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, everybody's really, when people come and see the race, they really say, wow, you know, it's really something different from other museums, from other places, because it's... Uh, special place.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. So when you think about the exhibitions or your catalog over the past 18 years, you know, you mentioned private collections. What would you say influences your choices, Marcello? Uh,
1: You know, we choose together with Ginevra Elkan, who is my president, we chose uh top quality collections so the quality of the artworks is the first and then keeping in mind uh our mission so to bring the joy of art to visitors to people who come to see pinacoteca um and to show also something that is in some some kind of special not so You know, we we don't do exhibitions that are so-called mainstream, but we show very curious collections. The ancient wunderkamers in the Renaissance, Wunderkammers were spaces uh, where you can show uh, shells, stones, uh, natural objects together with paintings, books, very valuable or artworks. So it's more or less, it's the same in our museum. So we want to, to show different objects, but also natural curiosities. Thing that uh, brings you the... The so-called ha-ha moment, when you say ha-ha, you understand something when you visit a museum and you, you really have a, like an insight, you, you understand something of yourself and something of your history looking at those objects. Mm-hmm. For example, we showed a private collection of paper uh, paperole. are small pieces of paper that were rolled by the monks during the 17th and 18th century, and they decorated with these papers uh, ancient relics, so small pieces of bones belonging to the saints, and those pieces of paper were painted gold. So they are really kind of poor objects, but painted with gold, very also weird objects, but you know, you, when we showed this exhibition, it had a great success because anybody showed them. So it was really a, a new kind of collection, new kind of looking at art, looking at an object which is very poor. But if you have one object or that kind of object, is nothing. The value is nothing. But if you own a hundred of those objects, it becomes a collection. It becomes really something which is valuable and, and which brings you some values, also some a spiritual way of, of looking at, uh, at art and at collections. Mm,
0: yes. So as we have this time of, um, in the States, we say safer at home, as we have this time and and you think about, your accomplishments, the experiences you've created. How do you think about building awareness around the world in twenty twenty and beyond, Marcella? You mentioned TikTok, but you know, what, what 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 should be done? What do you think?
1: You know, I think that art can can help people to reconnect with themselves, to reconnect with the planet, with nature, with the values, most important values. Uh, what I think is is really important is also to bring children, and I imagine those children who look at, uh, who listen to, and look at the talk, to look at artworks because art is uh, an international language. It can speak to anybody and uh, is a way of also of, of being centered. I think that this period of lockdown is also involving some psychological issues. So we are all locked down and maybe rethinking about ourselves. Uh, and, uh, you know, not everybody is going well because being stuck in a, in an apartment, uh, or being ill, or having people you know or relatives who are ill, uh, can be really a psychological difficult experience. And I think that nature and art are the two fundamental elements that can help to uh, rebuild a new world and to rethink a new world. Uh, what would the world would be, I, I'm not sure. You know, it's not only museum who can do that, but uh, we have to build it all together. It is a community building job. <laughs> so, but I think that really art could really be, be helpful. And it is our memory. We cannot forget from where we come because to build something new, we have to start from what we had and what we built in the past.
0: So thinking about that, where have your visitors come from around the world, Marcella, the last 18 years?
1: You know, we had had a lot of French visitors because we are in France. And so we have about... uh, uh, 30% uh, of uh, French among the foreign people who come to Pinacoteca. And then we have also people from the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, German people come a lot in in Torino and in Piemonte also. Um, So, you know, the Lingotto in particular has been uh, subject for many movies. For example, if you think about the Italian job, Yes, the movie uh, and other movies so it is quite known abroad so people come to Lingotto because they know it from movies and they know it from the Olympic Games in 2006 mm-hmm. which took place in Lingotto also and so um, I think that Lingotto and Narcoteca are loved a lot by national people but we, we have a kind of balance between international visitors and uh, visitors from Torino, which is different, for example, if you think about the Egyptian museum. The Egyptian museum completely, was completely, because now I don't know in the future how it will be, but it was completely visited by foreign people. They had 93% of uh, tourists and only 7% of uh, people from Torino. So, you know, I think that really the old data will will change a lot in the future because we will not be able to travel in the near future. And so we will rediscover our museums in Torino, uh, which is good because we will go back to see our collections. For example, I I don't, don't go so much to the Egyptian museum because Usually there were many, many queues. It was so crowded, you know. Now probably it will be less crowded and I will be happy to go there uh, because I will not find any (laughs) queue, which is (laughs) good for me.
0: (laughs) And how about education? How does the Pinacoteca interact with students?
1: The pinacoteca um, has uh, a lot of schools coming to to do workshops and guided tours. We have also a space called the Creativity Center, which is a space where they can uh, draw, paint, and work uh, uh, making projects, art projects. So we really concentrate on on this kind of. Uh, educational work which is very important because children are our visitors of tomorrow and we are helped in this uh, by our association of friends of the museum we have these friends of the museum which are about 40 people not only from torino but also from rome milano and which are really fond of art and really uh, they really appreciate our educational projects and they offer every year 5 five thousand free tickets to children from public schools in torino and piemonte so it's a huge help for us and uh, and now in the future we will work with them to to bring also some digital content for children
0: and what, what kind of content will that be, Marcello? What do you anticipate?
1: Oh, you know, we, we have to work on that. We are starting to work on that now uh, because we are remaking our internet site. And so we have, you know, it's a work we need to start now because it's urgent now. And what uh, we haven't started yet. And so we are doing meetings in those days and... Uh, I will be able to talk about it maybe in, in uh, six months. I will be more precise about what we will do.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. I have to ask you about one of your exhibitions in the past year, since I currently live in Madison. Uh, you had a Frank Lloyd Wright exhibition. So how did that happen, Marcello? What what, what prompted you to bring that in? Oh, the...
1: The Frank Lloyd Wright is an exhibition which I really loved because the drawings by Frank Lloyd Wright were so beautiful because they are not drawings of, a, um, let's say, of an architect. They were not planes and how you are accustomed to see, but they were really like paintings, really nice drawings, buildings of skyscrapers or Really nice project. This was built together with the Wallach Art Gallery in New York, and it was uh, a project which involved one of our paintings by Manet,
0: uh,
1: the, the portrait of Lore. This painting was shown in the Wallach Art Gallery for an exhibition uh, about beauty, about uh, black models. Uh, and so we made an exchange. So we said, yes, okay, we lend the painting to you, but please, uh, we we would like to have something to show, something coming from your collections or uh, uh, something which we can show in the same time. And so they proposed to lend us those 50 drawings by Frank Lloyd Wright that come from the library that is inside the Columbia University and so uh, we were able to, to have this beautiful project with really our visitors really liked it. It had about 20,000 visitors which is a lot yeah. for an exhibition about architecture and uh, really I think it was a great great way of working with another museum in in the U.S. and to, to build a, a project, which is an exchange, in fact, you know.
0: Yes. So let's spend a day in Torino, Marcello. Where do you go? What would you do when you can freely walk uh, and shop, um, go to museums, uh, galleries, shopping? So tell me, if we have one day, what would we do, Marcello? <laughs>
1: Oh, you know, I I wrote a guide in 2015 called Wow Torino, which is still existing. It it is published in Italian and in English by Corraini, the publisher. And it was a guide uh, for collectors, but not only. For for people coming to Torino, to to give them some tips about the city. So I'm really happy to give you some tips, because I'm accustomed to do that. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) So, uh, you know, I think that Torino is the ideal city because it's not too big. You can spend one day and see a lot. You can start from the city center and uh, look at some museums in the city center that are the Royal Palace and Palazzo Madama, because starting there you can understand about the Savoia family, the king of Piemonte and Torino. Uh, and so you can understand about the history of the city and also look at beautiful palaces with beautiful furniture and beautiful artworks and then near those museums you can also go to the Egyptian museum which is nearby and uh, since you will be very hungry <laughs> you need to <laughs> you need to have lunch or eat something uh, so if you want to spend A lot, a top quality restaurant is Del Cambio, which is near the Egyptian museum, Del Cambio, which is an old restaurant, uh, 19th century restaurant, where Cavour also ate. And uh, you can stay there, spend around 70, 80 euros. But if you want to spend less near Del Cambio, there is La Farmacia Del Cambio. It is a smaller place owned by Belcambio, Cambio, where you can eat a quick lunch, for example, a vitello tonnato or some agnolotti, typical dishes from Torino. And they are very top quality. And you can have coffee at Strata in Piazza San Carlo. Piazza San Carlo is a must because it's a beautiful piazza, beautiful square built by the Monte architects, very Regular shape, very borocco, really nice place. And there is this pasticceria strata, which is really great. They make maron glacé and chocolate, and they have nice coffee. And uh, they have also small uh, small bonbon, really really good. And then you can go towards Lingotto, of course, and visit Pinacoteca. And uh, you can also listen to concert in the auditorium, stay at the hotel NH Lingotto or Hilton Hotel that is in the Lingotto area. And there's a lot of American guests, for example, which is a beautiful hotel. It has been refurbished recently. And then you have Italy. The shop, uh, the shop mart where you can buy food, but you can also eat there because it has several small restaurants. And then uh, after that, I don't know if you have time, you can bo- go back to the center. There are many other museums to see. For example, for contemporary art, there is the GAM, the Modern Art Gallery, and or uh, if you like Oriental art, the Mao. Or if you like uh, more contemporary art, Fondazione Sandretto Rere or Fondazione Merz. And if you have time to go also near Torino, you have to go to the beautiful Regia di Venaria, that is like a Versailles of Torino, no? It's a place where you have huge gardens and huge. Spaces and it's a baroque architecture, beautiful architecture, with many exhibitions and things to see and about contemporary art in Rivoli, there is Castello di Rivoli, which is an important museum of contemporary art and then about shopping so about shopping, uh, we can stay in the city centre and uh, you can go, for example, one designer that is from Torino. Uh, is Cristina T., Cristina T. in Via Maria Vittorio. She she designs clothes which are beautiful and uh, sold internationally. She's very, very nice. Near Cristina T., there is a very, very nice ice cream called Mara dei Boschi. Mara dei Boschi in Piazza Carlo Emanuele. Where you have to try the marotto. Marotto is a chocolate like janduya, so it's chocolate and it's better. It's uh, excellent. Mm. And then what else? You know, I can go on the whole day telling you what to do.
0: <laughs> I think that I think that is an excellent start, Marcella, and I will, I will link link to your guide. Thank you. Um, so let let's think beyond. Torino. Um, if we're going to five museums or galleries anywhere in the world, where would we go and why?
1: Oh, that's my favorite subject. <laughs> you know, <laughs> of
0: course, I'm <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am museums addicted. So you know, uh, so in Europe, in Europe, uh, I. I love the Louisiana museum in near Copenhagen in in Denmark. Of course. That's beautiful. That's really a must in Europe because, you know, it's a museum that is near the sea. So you, when you visit, you see the, the sea and the rocks. It's really such a nice place. It has a sculpture park and it has many excellent exhibitions. It's, really a nice place and also a great bookstore where you can buy t-shirts, scarves, uh, books, anything. So this is really beautiful. Then in Paris, Paris is um, probably my my favorite city in Europe and uh, there are many beautiful museums it's difficult to choose because you know there are so many. But I would suggest Fondation Cartier. Fondation Cartier is owned by, by Cartier, and they always propose very excellent exhibitions about contemporary art, who who make you think, make you think about. For example, they when I went there uh, last um, last November, there, there was an exhibition about trees. So about nature trees, which was beautiful. Another time there was an exhibition about uh, a concert of um, birds. So they record, recorded all the birds and you went there, you were able to sit down and listen to this concert of bird songs. Wow, so perfect. it's always a very, an experience, which is I think really involving all the five senses, really Amazing experience, and the architecture is also very nice. It's a transparent glass architecture. Really, really nice. I I love when museums are not huge. I love smaller museums because you can concentrate and you can have, I think, a more, uh, an experience which is more intimate and which we will remember. In time, I don't like when I go to big exhibitions and I, I, I'm i not so tall when I go there and I only see the heads of people. I don't yes. see the paintings, but I see the heads of visitors. <laughs> I don't like that, and I think that this will not happen anymore, hopefully, because of the virus. So we will be able to look at exhibitions. Also, if we are petite, uh we can we will be able to see paintings <laughs>
0: yes
1: so then you know going to the us in new york there are so many beautiful museums it's difficult to choose but i if i had to choose i would choose the frick because the ah, frick collection yes. is a house house museum so it's a it was a private collection now it's a museum with European art. So it's like a house. It's beautiful, and they do beautiful exhibitions. They have also a library, uh, this beautiful center for collecting and collections. So it's a study place with many, many publications about collections, which is a great place. And um, what else? Uh, oh, I also love Los Angeles in the Getty. Of course, because you on top of the hill, <laughs> yes. staying on top of the hill and looking downstairs at Los Angeles, and then the collections they have—they are so, you know, beautiful, beautiful collections. And of the Getty also, because they there is an exi, uh, there is a painting by Winteralter that is the portrait of one of my. Ancestors, because I, I belong to an ancient family from uh, Piedmont family, and there was a lady, a Russian lady, who was painted by those painter Winteralter. and this painting is now in the Getty. So any time I go to LA, I go to to visit this <laughs> this aunt, this this uh, relative. So. And then what else? I love, in Switzerland, when I go to Art Basel in June, I always go to the Baylor Foundation. I love the Baylor Foundation because I think it, it was one of the first museums designed by Renzo Piano. And uh, it's really, you know, the balance between nature, because it has a beautiful park garden, and architecture, because it's small but not too small, and you have the light coming inside, and you have a quality collection. Ernst Baylor was an important gallerist in in Basel. Uh, also Mr. Agnelli bought paintings from him, and it's such a nice place. and uh, you know you you could stay there for hours I, I it's really a relaxing place. And it's the most visited museum in Switzerland. It has
0: three,
1: 300,000 visitors, so it's
0: a lot. Oh, wow. Mm. Yes.
1: Mm.
0: Well, thank you. That's an excellent start. Five five great <laughs> museums. So finally, Marcello, let's schedule a podcast in 10 years, God willing. What will have changed during that time? for the Pino Coteca and the things that we all enjoy doing when we visit these uh, locations, either in person or virtually? What what will it be like in 10 years?
1: Oh, you know, it's difficult to foresee the future. <laughs> but anyway, let's try to imagine. I imagine museums as uh, gathering places, but, but gathering in the sense that uh, quality gatherings, so a few people, but where you could have real relations, real experience, experiences between people. I mean, smaller groups, groups made by 10 people instead of 25 people, where people could talk, could exchange ideas. So, art as a catalyst for the development of human relations, for the development of the human beings, and uh, art that can help people to connect between themselves and uh, art which can help to improve everyone's creativity, the creativity of children, the creativity of adults also. Adults should re- relearn to draw and to paint because it's something that most of them do when we are children and then we forget. But I think that it's really important to go on painting and drawing because it is something that is helpful for our health in general, for our mental health and for the for being well with ourselves. You know, I think that museums will be like uh, the place where you go to, to stay well, for the well-being. You, you don't do, you will not go only to uh, to do uh, in places, to sports center, to do workouts and to run and to, you know, sweat. But you will also go to museums because you, you will understand that art and museums are important for your health. That's what I... I think, uh, I hope will be, uh, will happen in in 10 years.
0: It has been a pleasure, Marcello. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. And best wishes to you, your family and colleagues in Torino.
1: Thank you so much to you. It's been a pleasure for me.